Once upon a time in adequately advanced magic. I start fighting with Virginia over the remaining cake ingredients. So I slam the box on the floor, or on whatever the nearest hard object is. If there's like a piece of metal nearby, that'd be preferable. The box flies into the wall and smashes into a billion pieces. He'll turn to Urkir and Galzar. It's like, I just got a sending. Constance back at the plaza says there's some type of magitite leak and they need us to head back right away. Perhaps some type of sabotage. Here, here, as you look out the window and the driver of that car looks back at you. Our eyes meet. And it's Valerie. That's Valerie! Constance says, Ugh, well, like maybe like 15 minutes or so ago, it seems like somebody called in a magitite leak. Ugh, and you know how those things go. There can be very large explosions. The three of you head behind the counter and you see that there is a magitite line that has been cut. And it seems to be one of these larger ones that powers the entire store. Also next to Audrey, however, is a bomb. So he Misty steps 30 feet directly into the air and attempts to throw the bomb as high as he can. Welcome to Falcon's Reach, a city in which magic is technology. You're listening to Adequately Advanced Magic. you suffer from a common affliction known as a flashback. Is it contagious? Considering we did one three episodes ago, maybe. Oh no, everybody's getting them. (laughs) You find yourself entering a dingy alleyway, coming in from a very bustling street filled with pedestrians. It's evening now, and ahead of you you see a flickering illusion magitech that says clinic. It's been a few days after your first day of work, and You're here to see Valerie, and you're here to show her something very cool on the roof that you think will make her feel better. A little, like, mission objective marker appears on your screen. (laughs) Is there an arrow at the top of my HUD pointing me towards the clinic? Yeah, it's straight ahead of you, about 30 feet. Okay. Then I go to the clinic. Yeah! You head inside the clinic, and as you open the door, you see that there's a pretty small waiting room and a front desk manned by a half-elf nurse. Along the walls are all these advertisements for various healing magitech, and also just these those weird diagrams of humanoid bodies that they like to keep around. Ew. Ooh. One of them is like, do you have asthma? It's like a picture of a nose. Cirrus would go to the front desk and patiently wait her turn to be seen. Yeah, there's no one in here now, actually. Because it's evening, it's pretty quiet. Cirrus goes to the front of where the queue would be and waits to be called to the to the receptionist desk, even though there's nobody else in line. The front desk worker sees you standing around awkwardly, and he says, Can I help you, ma'am? Oh, thank you so much, sir. Hi, I'm here to see my colleague and best friend, Valerie Wolf. Sorry, visiting hours are over. You'll have to come back tomorrow. 
oh, please, sir. She's my only friend and she's been injured and it would just make me the happiest officer that I could be if you would just let me see her. Go ahead and do a persuasion check. Pretty persuasive if I do say so myself. I rolled a 19. The half-elf nurse is a little bit unsure, but seeing how, as your police officer, he's like, uh, yeah, I guess we can, maybe if you make it quick, like 30 minutes or something. Who are you here to visit? Uh, her name is Valerie Wolf. Uh, yeah, let me just take a look here. Looks like she's on the third floor. Oh, okay, great. I will head up there now. Is it, is it just that way behind you? Yeah, he points to a door behind him, off to the side. Okay, thank you so much. You're doing your community proud. And I walk. He hits a button and the door opens. Wow, magic is technology. And I continue. (laughs) I continue to thank him graciously and then go through the door. Yep. You head up a flight of rather narrow stairs. And eventually you reach the third floor. The stairwell itself is somewhat grimy. And once you get to the door, it's even more atrocious. You see a couple of stains around the door of questionable origin. I make a mental note to not ever come back to this clinic. (laughs) (laughs) Joke's on you, though. This is the only (laughs) employer-provided clinic. It's the only thing our insurance looks... The only place I'll accept our insurance. Yeah. (laughs) I take a handkerchief out of my pocket, and I use that to open the door. Yeah, as you open a door, you see that there's at least six beds in this room with various patients throughout. In the back with the curtain drawn, you see the faint figure of Valerie. She seems to be sitting up with her knees pulled up around her. Joey, is this my first time visiting her in the clinic? Probably not. Okay. I slowly walk over and I get outside her curtain and i say guess who's back work bestie (laughs) go ahead and do an intimidation check sure i rolled a 19 everybody in the clinic screams (laughs) (laughs) they all hit the 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 nurse call button (laughs) yeah the five other patients in the room sort of hear this and see a heavily armed police officer say this as as she walks in and everybody is mostly just like what the fuck come out come out wherever you are (laughs) Valerie having gotten accustomed to your creepy ass (laughs) 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 creepy ass greetings is accustomed to it Uh, she sort of slowly pulls back the curtain and you see that she's hugging her knees sitting in bed she has bandages wrapped around her neck and she looks like she's sort of weak right now and just sort of sad you see nearby that there's a wheelchair is there a normal chair next to her bedside yeah okay i sit down and i ask her how are you holding up officer wolf it appears that she can't speak right now and she just gives you a a wave a bit of a slow wave i understand it's i know it's been a rough time for you and i very gently pat her on the back and I say you don't need to talk don't worry I'm you know I just wanted to say hi after the end of my shift I've been thinking about you everyone in the office is asking about you they can't wait for you to come back and anyway 
There's something cool on the roof that I wanted to show you. Get off your sick bed. <laughs> Come with me to the roof. <laughs> Everybody in the room is pretty certain that Valerie's about to get murdered. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. <laughs> is there candy up there? I promise it's all above board. The, all of the rest of the patients sort of flip around and try to pretend like they're asleep. What do you say, Valerie? I just wanted to come by and cheer you up, and I think this is really gonna... I think this is really gonna cheer you up. She gives, like, another slow wave. It's a slow wave that is, like... Fine, just do whatever you want. I enthusiastically bring her wheelchair over for her to get in it. It takes her a hot minute to get into the wheelchair, but she eventually does. To the roof! You push... Valerie along through the room and back to the stairs and then you suddenly realize that this place is not ADA accessible. Okay, Valerie, I'm going to just fireman carry you up the stairs. <laughs> I hope you're okay with that. And then I just hoist her over my shoulder. <laughs> Do a strength check. Okay. Do you bring the chair with you? Yes. That's a seven. <laughs> it's not great. This was not the vibe that I was going with this, but you bonk her head against the side of the stairwell a couple of times. Oh my gosh, I'm so, so sorry. I didn't... <laughs> She's concussed now. <laughs> she dies. <laughs> Alternate timeline. <laughs> sorry, this is the first time I've ever fireman carry some- carried somebody. Next time I'll do so much better. She looks at you with annoyance. But you eventually reach the top of the stairs and the rooftop access. Okay, Valerie, before we go out there, I just want to say... This has been eating at me all day. And really since, you know, the thing that happened, I just wanted to say thank you. You, know, you were there for me on my first day, and honestly, if it wasn't for you, I probably would have died during that attack the other day. So I just, I wanted to let you know that I have your back too. And I open the door. Yeah, the door just opens. Yeah. Oh, come on. How can we never see these kind of doors in our <laughs> Uh, these are flashback doors. It's oh. always like easier to do it after you. <laughs> it's easier in hindsight to open a yeah, door. It's all easier in hindsight. Uh, you open the door and there's nothing on the roof. Ta-da! Just kidding. Dun dun dun. Whatever is supposed to happen hasn't happened yet. Okay, just wait a bit, Valerie. I'm sure the super cool thing that I know about is going to happen. <laughs> I look very excited. I have such a enthusiastic grin on my face. Uh, I assume you put Valerie back in the wheelchair and push her out? Yes. As you do so, in the distance, fireworks start exploding in the night sky. Aww. It's beautiful. Turns out it's a holiday today. And in the sky, there's just a multitude of magical fireworks going off. Some of them make the normal explodey shape, while others make little, like, cute-like creatures and... Turns out there's actually a lot of advertisements there, too. What? Does, like, one of them say? Yeah, a couple of them are like, Buy your sleep Magitech now! As they sort of gently blow away in the wind. The two of you look on up in the night sky. You know, in, in the break between fireworks, I say, You know, I never really had any friends growing up. It was just me and my mom and my dad, and, you know, I fell into some bad times. And some, I had some dark days because I didn't really have anybody there for me. And, well, I don't know. I just really appreciate what you did reaching out to me, you know, giving me a chance. And so, I don't know. All I can really say is thank you, Valerie. 
You know, I've never really told anybody this, but, you know, one day my family, we were, we were attacked and I, you know, I didn't have anybody around to tell me what was right, what was wrong. I didn't have a friend and, you know, I tried to, I tried to set things right and take my own justice and, man, if my, my father hadn't stopped me, it would have been, well, let's just say it wouldn't have been any justice at all. And I'm just glad that I have somebody like you in my life to, to really be there for me. And I just hope I can do the same for you. Alright, do a perception check. That is a 19. Yeah, out of the corner of your eye, you see... You see that Valerie's eyes are shiny with tears. To protect her pride, Cirrus pretends not to notice. Not Cirrus's pride, Valerie's pride. Because <laughs> I, I know she's a proud uh, warrior for the city. Yeah, and her hand grips the side of the wheelchair a little bit harder. The camera pans up and zooms in on one of these exploding fireworks. And it says, visit your local Souls Mart. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a slow smash cut of the exploding firework into the explosion of the delayed fireball. <laughs> That's cinematography. <laughs> nice. I like that. That is currently about 30 feet above you, Niklaus, and you're about 30 feet up in the air, so it's about 60 feet up. It explodes. The bomb explodes in the air, just out of range of view. From here, you don't suffer any particular injuries, but you can feel the heat of the fireball. Some of your eyebrows are lightly singed, and the explosion reverberates throughout the plaza. Meanwhile, in the Souls Mart, where Sirius, Hercure, and Audrey are located, the resultant shockwave blows out a couple of the windows, and you guys are covered in shattered glass. Oh, man. Niklaus, you're about 30 feet up in the air. I fall. All right. Go ahead and take... I could use another spell slot to Missy Step again, but that seems like a waste. Unless the fall kills you. I mean, it's 30 feet... <laughs> 5d6 yeah so it's 30 feet 1d6 for every 10 feet oh, okay. so 3d6 you land on the floor and you take 6 5 3 14 14 it's not bad <laughs> you got that boost to your max i do there's a moment of silence where everybody is just everybody's just like mop <laughs> the mop. class is prone on the floor with like smoke coming up from his clothes what do you guys do the claw starts off by groaning Sirius runs over to Niklaus and says Sirius concerned is Niklaus okay uh, I'm fine I'm fine I just got blown up by a fireball and fell out of the sky you know okay Niklaus fine <laughs> alright I'm looking for potential perps Targets, suspicious figures. Here, can you take a look around the Souls Mart, which is where you, Audrey, and Sirius were taking cover. There's a bunch of glass, broken glass, strewn throughout, and there's the Magitech line that was reportedly broken and fixed by Audrey. Or fixed by Audrey. Broken and then fixed by Audrey. Reportedly. So she says. Audrey was the big bad all along. Heh 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 Mm-hmm. Is there anything specific you want to look at? Well, I'm looking for, if we know, if a Falcoco person suspicious, I'm looking for that 
Well, everybody was like behind like a police line, and you guys okay. just sort of ran on ahead. So there's not there's nobody around here. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but I'm just seeing if uh, the bomb shook anyone loose, as it were. Like if someone is like running away or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You pick your head outside the Souls Martin and take a look back out towards where the fire, where the firefighters set up a cordon. Mm-hmm. And go ahead and do a perception check. Twenty-one. The crowd outside has also witnessed the explosion, <laughs> and about half of them are still taking cover, and the firefighters are sort of in a state of disarray. A couple of them start running towards Niklaus and Sirius. As you take a look around, you see that you don't see anybody really out of place. Okay. Yeah. Given that the bomb was one of these ones with the timer, mm-hmm. you deduce that they probably left. All right. Sirius, what did you want to do? I wanted to see how bad the damage was. You take a look around, and there's not much damage, actually. The delayed fireball has a radius of 20 feet. Niklaus was able to chuck it up high enough where it just exploded in the air, really. Sirius doesn't know what to do and will stand by for further instruction. Niklaus has by now uh, rolled over onto his back with his arms, like, on the ground. He's just kind of resting for a moment. Hercare! Yo! Did we do it? You did it. No one was hurt. Other than you. Okay. Yeah, that... Uh, yeah. Do you need some healing? Hercule looks like the idea has only just occurred to him. <laughs> just a touch, maybe? Alright. I will cast Cure Wounds. You get nine hit points. I run over and cast Cure Wounds on. Because sits up on, like, resting on the ground. Yeah, the little, the little Cure Wounds tinkle happens. Well, should we, um... Find out where this Falcoco guy was. Yes. Maybe Audrey saw him when she was messing with the Magitite line. Audrey, tell us everything. Give us the clue. We know you have it. Nikos gets up and starts shuffling towards where he last saw Audrey. Yeah, Audrey has also come out to check up on you guys, and she runs up to you, Nikos, and she's like, Are you alright? I'm good. Well, damn, that was close. She has a bit of like a nervous chuckle. As if she could have possibly gotten blown up in the past 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> the firefighters also run up to you guys, and they're, like, very insistent on giving you guys a checkup. I, I'm fine. Yeah, one of them comes up to you here, Kieran, and is like, Do you require medical assistance? I am- I'm fine. Do you require medical assistance? No. I'm fine. <laughs> Do you require medical assistance? <laughs> this goes on for five minutes. <laughs> The fire department folks move to shuffle you guys out. The guy who asked you if you needed medical assistance tells you that they're going to do a sweep of the place and make sure there's nothing else wrong. Okay. Audrey, Audrey explains to the fire department people that she managed to fix the line and upon like a rudimentary inspection that appears to be true. The fire department people shuffle you guys out back towards the crowd. I let them shuffle me out and then like start edging back in as soon as they leave. <laughs> to do their sweep the thing is like as you as you guys are like pushed towards the crowd like a couple of the the residents come up to you and gobzu comes up to you guys he's reappeared again and he's like oh hey guys what happened in there are you guys okay cirrus never been better thanks for asking gobzu i give him a big hug he goes eh. goblin <laughs> squeak yay yeah she's she's still recovering from uh an intelligent sapping trap, but I think we're all okay otherwise. Cirrus finally free of complex thought. 
<laughs> would you say you're blissful? Cirrus would if Cirrus knew that word. <laughs> Gobsu looks on jealously at the emancipation from modern day troubles. <laughs> Why am I cursed with this big brain? <laughs> Why am I cursed with average intelligence? <laughs> average intelligence. A- animal intelligence. Even that is enough to understand the horrors of this modern world. (laughs) (laughs) Now you know why Tiger's so grumpy all the time. It's fair. It's fair. What are you guys looking for? Information. I don't remember who talked. Who told us about the Falcoco? Suspicious dude. I think it was Vincent. Ah, that's right. That's right. Or Vince. Uh, Cirrus? Cirrus is tired, but Cirrus thinks we should maybe talk to Vince? Yeah, we should probably check with everyone. I look around for Vince. Yeah, he's just over there. Hasn't moved. Let's go talk to Vince. And I head over towards Vince. As the three of you head towards Vince, you see that he's quite happy to see you guys. Except that his, like, external expression is extremely muted. You can... (laughs) (laughs) But we can tell. His his eyebrows arch slightly. Yeah. We're like, whoa. As you guys show up in front of him, he's like, Oh, you guys made it out. We did, thanks to Niklaus and uh, Audrey. Good job. Can you tell us more about this suspicious guy you saw, person? Well, I only really know what I told you before. Okay. And Ned and I usually check the lines, so there's no real reason for any of these Falcoco people to show up. But this isn't a completely unfamiliar tactic. Oh? Yeah. Corporations often blow up magic lines? No, I mean, it's probably more likely somebody was just wearing a Falcoco uniform. Ah, okay. The weird thing is, some of the people around here got wind of the bomb threat before the fire department arrived. That is weird. Who first discovered the bomb, or was it not until the fire department arrived? Also, and who were these people? People in the plaza? Yeah, some of the residents got some anonymous calls. Cirrus very confused. At this point, the fire department people come back and they give you guys all a thumbs up. Hooray! You wonder if they are, if they ever even actually checked anything. <laughs> I return the thumbs up. Maybe we should do our own check. The one firefighter comes over and he's like, You guys are all good. Call us if you need anything. No, you're all good. Thanks. <laughs> they get rid of the cordon and they drive off. Alright, Vince, maybe you should make sure everyone double checks, you know, for any any issues in their own apartments. Yeah, we'll go We'll go take a look. And we'll, like, uh, there's, like, a little bit of a mini time skip where... I assume you guys help look look around. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Constance, Gobzu, and Audrey also help. Galazar is still around, by the way. He, like, dropped you guys off, and he's still waiting for answers about what the hell is going on. He's sort of just chilling in the, in the square with the somewhat comatose Virginia. Oh, because she's still also affected by the thing, right? Yeah. Is Rourke around here? Yeah, Rourke is still around. Oh, I go over to Rourke, and I say, Hello, new friend Rourke. How are you? Rourke replies, Oh, good. I get very close to him and in his ear. I'm like, Rourke, do you know who did this? You could tell me. No. Okay. It does seem like something Valerie would pull off. Valerie. The next few hours go by pretty fast as you join Vince and Annette and also Constance, Audrey, and Gobzu, and also Tiger and Alistair. Wow, the whole gang's here. 
Yeah, the whole gang just combs through the plaza looking for any leaks or anything weird. How about you guys do a perception check? Can I can I investigate? What are you investigating? Uh, I'm looking for things that are outside of the norm. I got a 19 perception. <laughs> Such a vague. Yeah, that's, for, that's for still my, a perception check. No, no, no. For my weeks there, I have built a pattern of, <laughs> of things that, that would have normally occurred in, in certain places, and I'm looking for a break in the pattern. So that's, that's different <laughs> from just looking at things. I've, I'm comparing to a pattern. That's investigating. Yeah. <laughs> I, I take out my oversized magnifying glass and start just looking at the standard, ground as I walk. Standard issue magnifying glass. Yeah. I'm trying to deduce and discern, you know, what could be different or out of the ordinary. What, what did you roll? Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, it was a 10 plus either a 0 for perception or a 6 for investigation. I got a 7, which makes sense based on the current intelligence status that I have. Here, you take a look around sort of generally as you go through the various rooms and shops and miscellaneous apartments. As you swing through one of these alleyways, you notice that there's a trash can ajar, and you take a look inside. And inside is a very... I'm attacked by a mimic, no? Mm, yeah, go ahead and roll for initiative. <laughs> oh god. One day's not going to be, like, dead serious about it, like, yes. <laughs> because you said it, it is now true. Collaborative storytelling, this is how it is now. You did this to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly there was a okay. trash can full of gold. <laughs> <laughs> the little gold pieces are mimics, they attack. Oh no, there's thousands of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. When I said I want to die in a pile of gold, this is not what I meant. My greed has gotten the best of me. Inside the dumpster, you see there's a discarded set of Falcoco clothing. Is there anything else in there? Just... And trash. And trash, okay. Yep. I will extract the Falcoco clothing carefully. Yep. It's pretty much intact. It comes with a cap and a jumpsuit. Okay. Is there any other clues, information? How about you do an investigate check to take a look at the... To see if you can glean anything from the suit. Uh, 16. Yeah, so first off, whoever was wearing the suit, if it was fitted perfectly, is relatively small. Hmm. That'll be a question for Vince. Is there any other... I was hoping for, like, a smells like lilac. Is there a, uh... <laughs> Wait, a name did you tag roll? or anything? What did you roll again? 16 for the investigate. I'm, like, checking the pockets. Inside one of the pockets here, here you find a small bit of what appears to be uneaten cheesecake. Bum, bum, bum. <sighs> who do I know that likes cheesecake? Guys? Maybe Wait. someone who had a whole closet full of it? Are you saying there's just loose cheesecake in somebody's pocket? <laughs> yes. Okay. I feel like we're playing a game of guess who. Yeah, I just don't know who it could be. I have no <laughs> idea who could it possibly be. We'll never know. All right, I will take the uh, the coveralls and piece of cheesecake, and uh, you get really hungry all of a sudden. I'm not eating that cheesecake. Nope. <laughs> are Eat you the evidence? Are Eat you going the evidence? <laughs> are you going to finish that? And uh, I assume someone else is not too far away, so I will go toward them. Nicholas, you take a look around for anything that's out of the ordinary. Mm, I can't really swing the investigate check for this one. I think. So that'll be a 10. 
if you give me something specific that you want to look for. Maybe uh, anything that would have been used to like make the bomb, like the wires or the the box. Okay, and you rolled a 16? Yeah. Nicholas, you head over to the square and collect the various remnants of the bomb that you can find. You basically bomb squat it together. It helps that I had a close look at it before it exploded. Yeah. You also recall what it looked like before it blew up into a billion pieces. And the main takeaway is that it's a Valdivian-made bomb. It's professionally made. Oh, okay. Yeah, something that Vire might use, or maybe even, like, agents like Galazar in Virginia, if they requested it. It's good to know. I thought it was a homebrew thing. Serious, meanwhile, you just sort of bump into everybody and making it somewhat harder to look around. Sorry, sorry, oh... Cirrus, so sorry. Sorry. Oh! The three of you meet up again back in the main square. Friends! <laughs> Did you find anything, Cirrus? Cirrus opens up her notebook and shows it to you, and on it is a doodle of a cheesecake. She looks mm-hmm. very proud. Mm-hmm. Very good, Cirrus. Thank you. Cirrus feels like she's done quite a lot today and deserves a break. Cirrus sits down, just, just right in front of everybody. I think everyone deserves a break. Did you find anything here, Kier? Yeah, I found the uh, Falcoco coveralls oh. and uh, this cheesecake in the pocket. Cheesecake? A smaller person presumably was wearing this. Wait a second. Cirrus, what did you draw here? Cheesecake? <laughs> Cirrus was helpful? Why, why'd you think of cheesecake, Cirrus? Cirrus? Really hungry. <laughs> but why cheesecake specifically? Cirrus ate cheesecake parts at Valerie's place. Cirrus has a taste for it now. At Valerie's place, huh? Chapter 3. A Taste for Cheesecake. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is my memoir. How the, how, how the, che- <laughs> how the cheesecake crumbles. <laughs> I mean, we did see Valerie driving away from this area as we were driving here. There's some circumstantial evidence... Yep. Do you think those coveralls would fit her? Do I think those coveralls would fit her? I assume yes, but yeah. to confirm. It seems like it would be like a rough fit. Yeah, I think I think she could wear them, yes. So what you're saying is that we should return the cheesecake to Valerie. Yes, she's a terrorist, exactly. At least when cheesecake's involved. I did see that the bomb was like a standard issue Valdivian oh, number. Valdivian. So it was probably provided to her. If Valerie was indeed the perpetrator. It seems to seems to fit. Galazar appears out of nowhere, and he gives a wave that says, What are you guys talking about? Things. We're trying to figure out who bombed this place, and the clues that we have so far lead us to suspect Valerie and Valdivian. Nikolaus and Hirkir think Valerie bad, but Cirrus don't think Valerie bad. Cirrus very internally conflicted. <laughs> Just following the evidence. Galazar does a wave that seems to say, You said you would tell me what was going on. Yeah, I said we would explain it to both you and um, Virginia, but uh, I don't think she's quite in a receptive state. If you want, I can explain everything to you, but then you'll just have to explain it all again to Virginia. Or we can sleep and then talk about it in the morning. He gives a way that seems to say, Let's just get this over with because I've been sitting here for a couple hours waiting for you guys to clear this apartment. I'm sorry that the bomb in our apartment complex was inconvenient for you. He shrugs. Well, the long and short of it. 
you, you can yada yada this. Like yes, long and, long and short of it, there's a apartment complex. Valerie's involved. Lillian's involved. It's all gone to shit. And then I go into more detail. I have he has questions. Mm-hmm. Galzer has questions about what the plaza has to do with anything, along with the connection to Valerie and the subsequent connection to Lillian. <clears throat> Throughout the course of the half-silent conversation, he does reveal that the reason that they're investigating Lillian is that he seems to have crossed the line in terms of operating outside of the purview of Valdivian, which is why Valdivian Internal Affairs is so-called, quote, investigating, unquote, him. And their Valdivian Internal Affairs? Yeah, they got bumped down. They mentioned this, like, uh, in one of the earlier episodes. Internal Affairs in the corporate structure is, like, no one wants to do that shit, because pretty much no one cares, usually. Right. Well, it's sort of like you're not really looking for anything until the higher-ups tell you someone has to go and find a reason why. Yeah. Or they they know someone is doing something. But why would they want this plaza? That's the question for us. Galazar shrugs because that was what he was asking Niklaus earlier. It seems like no one knows. Galazar's eyes narrow for a second as if he's pondering something. You can see the gears really thinking this one out. He does a wave of his hand. So much waving these past couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Hand waving. Mm-hmm. Yep. and he tells you guys that uh, very hesitantly tells you guys that he does know where Lillian lives and that Lillian is about to have a gathering of some sort in the next couple of days Hmm. but he plays coy a little bit and stops short of asking you for help how about everybody do a insight check real fast help we're gonna run off and ruin his plans by accident yeah, I would be afraid of asking us for help, too. I got a 14. Got a 17. Got a 13. Only Niklaus gets it, and partly because he used to work at the company. Given that Virginia and Galazar are now internal affairs, the chances of them making... Even like a, It's extremely likely that they would really like to investigate Lillian's household to figure out what's going on. But due to some nonsense company bureaucracy, the house is technically off-limits, just based on some nonsense rules about how executive residencies are are done, and that the chances of them making it in are next to nothing. Sirius and Hugo, you guys don't really pick up on this. So Galazar, you and Virginia planned on investigating Lillian's party? He does a wave that seems to say, we would if we could. But we can't, so we won't, so too bad. Well, we need to find out what Lillian's up to and why he's so interested in this plaza. Could be that he would meet with any co-conspirators there at the party. What do you guys think? We could go do some reconnoitering. Cyrus doesn't know what reconnoitering means, but party does sound fun. We should, yeah. Do you know when the party's supposed to happen, Galazar? He does a wave that says, three days from now. And he's like, dot dot dot, so joint operation he asks hesitantly i mean we have the same goals so yeah i'm not opposed to working with you we're basically best friends now he gives you a bag of sugar that he swiped from (laughs) (laughs) valerie's apartment (laughs) nice good use of sleight of hand skills sirius is eternally grateful and gives him a bag of flour that she swiped from valerie's apartment (laughs) 
He makes another hand wave and says, I'll contact you with details. And then he sighs a little bit and heads back to where Virginia is still snoring. <laughs> and even from this distance, you can tell that he's wondering, how the hell am I going to explain this one to Virginia? They made me do it. <laughs> he picks Virginia up and heads back towards the car. <laughs> so, talk more in the morning? Yes, yeah, Cirrus sleepy, and now Cirrus regrets eating five bags of flour. So Cirrus is going to go lay down. <laughs> Do a constitution saving throw. Let's see, 15. You survive. <laughs> I don't die. <laughs> Hooray. Your stomach grumbles a little bit, but you seem okay for now. As you wonder about your GI health, a child runs into you. Cirrus, so sorry, little one. Are you okay? Hi, ma'am. Hi, small child. Can I help you? Would you happen to be Mrs. Alanis? He looks out, he pulls out a letter and he looks at the address. Cirrus takes out her ID and looks at it and says, <laughs> I think so. Okay, great. Here's a letter for you. Thank you. Wow, it is my lucky day. And I take the letter. The child, a dwarf, hands it to you, and he's like, okay. He waits for a tip. Can I help you? Give him a piece of cheesecake. He eyes the piece of cheesecake hungrily. <laughs> Here, your child is hungry. Can you feed child? I give him a piece of cheesecake. He eats it, and he leaves. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> don't spend it all in one place. I hope he's going to be okay. It's only like several hours old cheesecake. Probably fine. <laughs> well, I spent some of those hours in a Falcoco, uh coverall so who knows what was going on in there if i could cover all the trash can right okay i have the letter and cirrus let's see cirrus is dumb right now so cirrus puts it in her pocket okay here here and niklaus you guys are there by the way when this happens cirrus did that child say that you were mrs cirrus thought she heard miss but Cirrus honestly don't remember because that was an entire two minutes ago. Why does Niklaus ask? Oh, just uh, curious. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to respond to this. Cirrus <clears throat> uh, is unmarried. <laughs> 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 what do you guys do? Cirrus would like to go to bed. Yeah, rest Probably time. Fully recover, then we can prep for the party. I would very much like to be able to speak in the first person again. <laughs> Second thought, never going to bed again. Gotta find, like, another trap. <laughs> Every episode, there's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> this one makes you extra undextrous. Oh, boy. This one, like, makes you very fat, and your constitution goes way down. <laughs> this one gives you high blood pressure. All right, that's very specific. <laughs> the three of you head to bed? Yep. The three of you head back to your apartment, and it seems like at some point, Constance, Audrey, and Gobzu, and... Annette and Vince have come up with, like, a, a watch system. So they'll take turns sort of looking around, making sure no one sneaks in again. Should we have been involved in this, or are they just doing this independently from us? They're just doing it independently from you guys. Oh. Hmm. Well, good for them. They can, they can handle themselves. They don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> You're so... <laughs> Honestly, you need them no, more than they need you. Serious. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say Serious passes out. Without even getting undressed, Cirrus just passes out on one of the beds. Clothing is hard, man. Look, her brain is trying to catch up with everything that's happened today. The bed sags under the weight of her armor and shield. 
<laughs> it's fine. She rolls over. It's like just it's trapped between her shield and. But it doesn't break. Nope. Take care of Niklaus. I put down any excess equipment and and go to sleep. Yep. Niklaus does his uh, usual. Gets ready for bed. Hits the hay. Yeah. The three of you collapse into bed, and the snoring commences. <laughs> the camera, however, Uh-oh. zooms in on Sirius's pocket. And as she scratches her butt and rolls around, the letter slightly falls out a little bit, revealing some beautiful handwriting that says, From Valerie. And in big capital letters, it says, Definitely not a trap. everyone, this is Joey, your definitely adequate dungeon master. Thanks for checking out this episode of Adequately Advanced Magic. I'm hoping to get back to our regular schedule in the coming weeks, so be sure to check us out every Tuesday. Join us next week as Cirrus attempts to sneak away from the group.